Well, welcome to another episode of the Grazing Sheep Podcast. I'm your host, Big Tom Perkins, along with Dr. Cameron Meyerly. And uh, I think today we're going to talk about these uh, advantage feeders. Yeah, and you you bit the bullet and went ahead and, and spent the money and got one. So okay. are you liking it? So I guess we ought to start, too. Why do you want to talk about it? Well, I was promised where I was given a uh, mineral feeder if I would give a, uh, a, a review of the uh, one, the mineral feeder. And uh, it was never actually stated, but I figured, you know, a mineral feeder is a mineral feeder. You can't quite do a whole episode on just a mineral feeder. So we figured yeah, we that, that episode's pretty quick. I got I've got uh, two questions for you. Is one, does it hold mineral? It does hold minerals. Okay. And then two, does it do a, a halfway decent job of keeping the weather out of it? So far, it does. Um, the worst part of the whole thing was all the instructions are written in Australian. Oh, right. So if of you can't speak Australian, you're going to have a hard time putting this thing together. Now, luckily okay. for me, I'm bilingual <laughs> and I can speak Australian. So I just opened it up and looked right at it. I had no problem at all with it. It just comes naturally to you. Right. Yeah. The first thing they <laughs> did was to, they gave you, uh, you've got nuts, you've got bolts, you've got some washers, you've got spaces, and then they've got a spanner. Now, a lot of people don't know what a spanner is. Yeah. We just call them wrenches. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> but they call them spanners. Nice. All right. And then. They, they're big on candy over there, so they size everything by M&M's. So, Sounds about right. Right. See, so what you had to do, you had to get your 13 mm wrench to fit that so that you could tighten those bolts and stuff down, you see. That's pretty good. Because without that's all that, you, know, you don't know what you're talking about. The other thing that's really weird over there is they they measure things by kangaroos. The old KGs? The old KGs, yeah. And a lot of people don't know that's what that is, is that's kangaroos. So nice. you got to go that route, too. Yeah. <laughs> so there's some conversion rate. I don't know what. So I think their kangaroos must be small over there. That's all I can figure. Yes, that's about how it goes. Um, and it does, you know, on the, the setting side of things, it does get a little confusing if you're, um, you know, just trying to do it there in your head, but I will say, like the table they provide has both that kilograms and pounds um, you know, annotation there, and is useful. So you've been using it though; you've got it set up. What size did you end up um, buying? And I guess I, for those that don't know, you know, an advantage feeder, if they're not familiar with it. What is it, and how does it operate? Well, it is a lick feeder in that instead of the animal putting its mouth in there and just eating, um, you know, to its heart's content or, or in sheep's case until they die, um, they literally have to stick their tongue in the opening. The feed sticks to their tongue and then they pull the feed back into their mouth. And um, the theory behind it is that Eventually, their tongue gets dry, and they can't take any more in. 
And so now they have to go get a drink and then, um, and then come back to that feeder. Um, and what I see is that sheep go eat for a little bit and then they go off and graze. Uh, I haven't seen one smart enough to say, okay, my tongue's dry, go get a drink, now come back and eat and eat and eat and eat. Okay, my tongue's dry, go get a drink, come back and eat and eat and eat. They don't seem to so, do that. So it is a limited access feeder. And so we have it set right around that three-quarter pound, which is eighty-eight kangaroos. That's what there you go. It's what it's set up to. It's um that's not quite true. Because I guess it's 0.88 in American. And uh and so they do have I was disappointed in that I did not get a like manual with it. That hmm. you can sit down and read all through it. I guess maybe their thought was that they it was self explanatory enough that you didn't need such a thing. But they do have lots of charts on there. Um that you can sit down and read the charts. What I have trouble with is because it is angled, I guess, away from you. So the top of the feeder is closer to your head than the bottom of the feeder. Mm, yes. So wearing glasses, I have trouble reading that. I right. almost have to get down on the ground and lay down and look up to see it. I I always want to grab a hold of it, the top of it, and push it away from me so it's flat. So that I could read it. But uh, so I ended up just kind of taking my phone and taking pictures of it. And then I could I could sit and read it and see what the settings are. And um, and it's it's definitely not hard to to adjust it. It's just maybe hard to figure out exactly what that adjustment should be. Right. So our sheep didn't know anything about it at all. Now, granted, you do have the you have like a brand new one. So yep. you have, I think what they call cams on that right. uh, lower plate. And I guess, again, for anybody that's interested, that's not familiar with it, uh, you can find the product there at advantagefeeders.com. And uh, you know, as Tom had mentioned, they're licking out of, best way to describe it would be a groove in this feeder. So, you know, if you're used to seeing a, a self feeder, you know, with a, a bulk area and then it feeds down below, um, you know, it's a gravity fed mm -hmm. feeder. And if you were to open it up all the way, it would operate just like any hog feeder, uh, you know, Smedley cattle feed, whatever you're familiar with, it would, it would operate very similar, uh, similarly to, to how that is how we're delivering feed in those, uh, free choice scenarios. And yep. The difference is this feeder has uh, two adjustments. So it has an upper adjustment that is basically, again, if you're familiar with hog feeders, and I only bring that up because that's what we were utilizing primarily in our creek pens. Uh, if you have like a double-sided, single-sided rectangular hog feeder, there's a what's called a slide on that top part, usually adjusted with some, some wing nuts or some bolts or something um, that goes you know, vertically up and down. And, and as you know, they're, that's controlling the rate of feed so that it's not just pouring out and trying to limit waste. Uh, now the advantage feeder also has a bottom plate that is adjusted and, and slides up. And that's really what, if that bottom plate wasn't there, 
that feed could just keep pouring out. But it's a, a shelf, essentially, that um, that feed hits and stops there. And then between that upper plate and that bottom shelf, it creates a groove. And that's where the sheep example, they actually have to turn their heads you know, sideways and lick that feed out of that groove. Yep. Um, and I think there's also, so it's kind of dual species, sheep, cattle, whatever. Uh, at least that's what they advertise. And there is a grate that goes across there uh, with about four inch openings. That That's an estimate. Um, and we've actually just taken it out, you know, per some advice from, from the individual that, uh, you know, we're using it for with, with their sheep. And then um, I think with cattle, it would be useful because if anybody's watched maybe some dairy cattle or some beef cattle at a, at a bunk feeder to see them just, you know, whip that head around and use yeah. that tongue to, to really scoop and scrape. Um, and I think a cow could probably scoop or, you know, uh, pull quite a bit of that feed out and then eat it out of that trough. Yeah. But, I, I could easily yeah. see a cow put that tongue at, and start at one end and just scoop that feed all the way and down that plot. And yep. uh, any feed that falls out does fall into a tray. So yes. it, does, it doesn't just fall and hit the ground. Um, and they can easily eat it out of there. But I can see a cow going from one end to the other, just scooping all that out and then going back and eating everything that's there. And yeah, you're right. The, that groove slot or that, um, they're like ovals. And uh, yeah, they're like four or five inches long. And I think right. online, I think there was like five of those. So you'd have like five U's to stand there and eat at one time. But it does, yeah. it keeps that U like concentrated in one area where she's standing there looking, right. up, pushing others out of the way. Kind of right. Thing. But we, yeah, we took ours out. The The hardest part of it was teaching sheep to eat out of it. Um, our sheep would go up and try to get the grain and then just give up because they couldn't get it. They just could not figure out how to stick their tongue in there to get it. Um, yeah, we were we were kind of joking, and uh, you know, we just came off of a couple of episodes here talking about EBVs later this summer, and had texted Tom because we about the time he had uh, purchased his, we began to use one uh, here at the home farm, and our use didn't have a problem. Went right to it and started eating away, and had to send him a picture one day and. Tried to convince him to buy a ram from us next year with a little bit higher curiosity plus index. Um, and then he wouldn't have that problem. You know, they, they'd just go to the feeder and eat as soon as he put feed into it. But obviously that doesn't exist. I was pretty proud of that one. But how long how long did it take you to to get them acclimated to that feeder? Maybe maybe a week. Um, okay. You know, I, I read the directions on the feeder, and on the feeder itself, it does say start with something like soy hull pellets. Right. And uh, so you don't have to worry about if, if you did this with corn, you know, and, and the soy hull pellets, they, they tell you open the feeder open, wide open, and, and put feed in it. And so your sheep just come up and they just eat like they would out of any other bunk. 
because they can easily stick their mouth, their lips down in there and just eat. And um, but if you did that with corn, you'd have a bunch of dead sheep, you know, within a day or so, because you'd have acidosis like crazy, right? If they weren't acclimated at all to feed, so the the theory is you use something like soy hall pellets, and they can eat to the heart's content, and it's, it's not going to hurt them. And so we just opened the thing up pretty close to wide open, so they could get in there and just eat and eat and eat and eat. And for one, it it just lets the sheep know, hey, this is a great place to come eat. There's good stuff here. And then we just would make an adjustment twice a day, once in the morning, once in the evening, and just start narrowing that up. And then once we got it down to about where we thought we wanted to be, then we started mixing corn and soy hull pellets together to slowly convert them over to a, a corn ration. And um, and then we have oats too, so we were mixing oats and corn together, and um, probably like a twenty-five to seventy-five percent, twenty-five percent grain and seventy-five percent soy hull pellets, and then just kind of mix that over until we finally got them over to the all corn and oats part of it. But it it we did that probably it, we may have been able to go faster, but we were just making. On those cams, you can do those. So that those cams has a series of numbers. I think it's one to seven, but there's also you can go one and a half, two and a half. You know, there's half measures on there as well, and um, and then the the slide that goes up and down, it has a, a series of, of holes numbered like one through six or something like that, and uh, and you don't have to be you don't have to move that lever exactly to, you know to those holes you can use a half position in there as well but uh yeah. so we so we were just making those minute adjustments just making that narrower and narrower and it took us about a week to get through get down to where we where we wanted to be but right. uh, so my guess now is you know we could take that feeder out and probably at any time we put that feeder back in those animals that, that those group of animals would know how to use it then they they would go right to it. So we had started it out on uh, a group of ewes that we were hoping to flush, and we realized that by the time we had them, by the time they got it figured out, it was going to push our breeding back. And so we ended up mm-hmm. pulling it out of that, sticking it in another group, and getting them used to eating that. And, and I would, what size? What size did you end up going with? I guess I should uh, should mention. You know they've. They have something as small as uh, what, like a 200 model. And I don't know if it's HD is their, uh, their lettering after that. And I believe that's head and it, it like 200 head. I, I don't know that for sure. Um, I think that's 200 head. They do have one that you can mount to like a gate. Yeah. And so that's the 200 model. Yeah. Um, and I believe it holds 200 pounds. So like it also those values kind of go go along with what the capacity is, you know, give or take you know, a certain amount of weight, but they go from 200 clear up to, uh, you know, an 8,000 model. Yeah. And, and I believe I did some research on these uh, a little bit ago. And, and I believe the 8,000 head, depending on what you're feeding, because we obviously know that those feed stuffs have take up different volumes. Um, 
but their estimate in there, you know, feed volume of 160 bushel. When we're thinking about corn, I want to say it was right around five ton of, of, of wheat or corn. And then if we're feeding, you know, pellets, maybe something that takes up a, a little bit more volume uh, is right around that four ton mark. So, you know, we're right around 8,000 pounds on that, on that big unit, uh, which, you know, is a lot of feed, but if we're utilizing it, I, I think the value, um, you know, is utilizing these in, in the applications that you had mentioned. So to flush use while we're out on pasture, if I have, if I have that many use, or maybe I don't want to, I've got a more remote location. I don't want to be hauling feed to it all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe I can fill up one of those 8,000 <laughs> units and, you know, park it at my furthest, you know, distance, my furthest field. And, um, then I'm not worried about, you know, delivering that feed. And they also have some models with, uh, some wheel kits yeah. on them, uh, which I think again, would be very convenient to, to get to those more remote locations if you didn't want to deal, or maybe you don't have the equipment to deal with, with an 8,000 head, um, model. So that, I don't know when that feeder is full, it would take a large piece of equipment to move it. You know, yeah. I don't, <laughs> I don't think you're, right. I think you're the, moving that with the front end loader, or the skid steer. Yeah. Um, I think with that, that, that's a lot of weight, but would hook you into it with a tractor and you would drive it back home and you would fill it up and you would drive it back to wherever you're, you're, you're going to have it and, and kind of, yeah. I think these are versatile enough. There's a lot of different ways you can use them. I know. So we have the 1200. Um, it was supposed to roughly you know, accommodate 75 head, um, you know, and, and 75 head of sheep are not going to stand there and eat all at the same time. I don't think, um, I think with mine, I can get about four ewes across on each side of it. Um, so there'd be about eight ewes eating at one time. And amazingly enough, I mean, we've not let it go empty. I would imagine if you let it go empty and then you first put it in there, everybody and their brother would be trying to get in there at the same time. But they just seems like all day long, you look over and there's one or two over there eating, you know, Mm. and then they go graze or they go lay under the wagon in shade, whatever, you know, whatever they're going to do. But the theory that I was told was the one that I bought that 1200 was pretty good for 75 views for, you know, in, in a 24 hour period. Okay. It seems like it is. Yeah. So. And that's where, you know, I, it could be, again, assuming we have that head, the HD, assuming we're interpreting that correctly. Um, um, I don't think that's head. Okay. <laughs> it probably isn't, but you but, know, I, we know it. Um, we know that it'll hold 8,000 pounds. It doesn't mean, we want to feed a, a pound a day to those yeah. ewes. We're not going to go out and and use one feeder because we are restricted. Uh, you know, even in in feedlot scenarios where we're where they're on full feed, where there isn't any type of um, you know saliva restriction or or um, you know feed restriction there. We know that there's only so many sheep that can visit that feeder in a day. So. Yeah. Like you said, there are uh, there are head requirements or or a carrying capacity requirement of um, you know what they can do, depending on how many sheep we're trying to feed out of that. Now, I think the other very uh, you know intriguing 
aspect of this is uh, their their creep panel that they have and hit a panel is deceptive. Uh, the creep function they have on these feeders mm-hmm. and you probably haven't used that yet. You're getting ready to, to have some fall lambs here and you're going to get to try it out this fall. But uh, you want to explain a little bit your understanding of that, of that creep um, you know, restriction to, to keep those mature ewes out and allow those lambs to eat. Yeah, so they call it a creep panel, and basically what it is is a a, a piece of metal, a long flat plate, um, you know, with no sharp edges or anything on it, that hinges and has a series of slots. And you basically you know pull this lever, and so it unpins, and you can you can angle it uh, up or down. And I, near as I can tell, the theory behind it is that a sheep, a, an adult sheep, you make it small enough that a, an adult sheep to not get their head up in there to eat, where a lamb would have no trouble at all getting its head up in there to eat. Because its head's much smaller, it's standing lower to the ground, and, and all that. So a sheep may be able to, you may be able to get her head up in there, but then it's going to restrict its where it hits on the back of the neck so that it can't get, can't get its head all the way up in so that it can lick that feed. So I know on mine, and I think most of these, um, there's a divider plate in the middle of it, of the feeder itself, so that you can feed uh, like a U feed on one side of it and a creep feed on the other side. Yeah. And you don't have to have a, you know, a fence or anything up so that you just have, you know, sheep on one side and, and you know, adult you or lambs on one side and ewes on the other. You certainly could, you know, do that um, in a fence line kind of a situation where, you know, you've got one, one class of people on one side, one class of people on the other side, but yeah. we're on just, uh, you know, using whole corn and oats on the U side and then a creep feed on the other side that we figured lambs can get up into and eat from there. And, uh, and then we'll probably have to play around with the openings to figure out how much, you know, creep we want those lambs to be able to get to. And so on. Well, really, the nice thing is with that creep panel, as long as you know the ewes aren't getting into it, you can feed. You can have it all the way open. Yeah, you, know, you can have a a free choice creep without those ewes having access to it. And the other thing, you know, one of the the difficulties when we talk about creep feeding is that acclimation of that that newborn lamb or that new lamb to to feed. And yeah. so. If that ewe is is going to this feeder and that lamb learns to consume feed out of this feeder, you know, something, depending on how tight your group is and you're feeding some some grain in in the feeder, uh, you know, to put a ewe ration in both sides for, you know, the first two weeks of of that lambing window or, or maybe for the week, um, you know, feed the ewes out of it, and then for a week after that last lamb is born, uh, then set that creep up so that those you or those lambs have seen their dams go over and consume feed out of it, mm-hmm. and they're already trained to. They know feed is is in um, that tray in that trough. So um, I think again, there's a lot of opportunities, and as you mentioned, the. Division that center divider on both sides. Uh, certainly, 
in the the potential that you're talking about of putting a creep ration on one side, a lactation ration on the other side, I think has a lot of value. And then likewise, that that fence line application, you know, if I wanted to use it as in a permanent pen or, you know, maybe out in my pasture that that might get a little more difficult, but uh, to split up, you know, two paddocks on each side, but uh, using it as part of the, that fence line yeah. and then feeding two separate rations on either side of that feeder. I think just offers a lot of flexibility to, to the product and to the producer. Oh, I think so. I, I think we're going to, I think we're really going to like it. Um, I got a feeling this, well, I was going to say this fall, we're already in fall, but probably sometime this winter, we're probably going to buy a second one. Are you? Yeah. You think we, you'll stick with the same size? You're going to go bigger. No, I think I'm going to stick with the same size. I, I just think, uh, you know, we, we move ours every day because, you know, we're moving right. sheep every day. And I just took a toe strap and I just put it through the legs. It's, it's, it's built on skids. You know, the skids are part of the unit. And right. we just put the toe strap through the skids and hook it to the little tractor. And or now, the technically, you're it, not supposed to do that, correct? Well, in Australia, they do. Here in the U.S., they, they frown upon it for some reason. Yep. So yeah. we're either going to ruin ours and then find out you can do that or. And know. I think part of it is, you know, I think part of the, the issue is, you know, if they tell you, oh, yeah, you can tow them around. And then I go buy that that 8000 unit. Yes. And I try to I'm getting out there and yeah. acting like it's a tractor pull at the county fair. Like That's there's a-, a chance that we start to break a weld or or some of those connections fail because. There's a lot of weight. I'm not as concerned like on the 1200 unit or even, you know, I think there's a 25. Yeah. Um, it, I'm, I'm less concerned at those sizes than, than the big ones. But how do they say, yeah, these, these you can haul around, just grab them and go. Uh, and the others, you know, let's, let's not do it because I, I know, think people... is we haven't filled ours clear full. Um, okay. If we don't want to, we don't want to wear those skids out. I don't know that you would just pulling on grass. You know, we're, I we're, doubt it. Yeah, we're sliding across the top of grass, so we're not digging into anything. You know, we do have a gravel driveway. Um, when we, when the time comes that we have to go down the drive, the gravel driveway, we'll probably just grab the skid loader. Um, you know, because it, it's made to pick up easily with a skid loader and pallet forks. So we'll probably put the pallet forks on, go out, pick that up, and then put it where we want. Because, you know, you're, you're dragging metal down with any kind of weight in it, uh, you know, across gravel. You're you're going to start, you know, chewing things up. Right. But I think on, uh, you know, just going across grass, you know, we haven't had an issue with it at all. Yeah. Yeah, I do think the, uh, in terms of just how it's built, it feels solid. I. Yeah. impressed with the engineering and how everything is put together. I do think it's a kind of a neat feature. Something that I appreciate is, you know, we'd mentioned the, the like lick guard. I don't know if that's what you would call it with the small square holes on it that can be removed. Yeah. That's one long piece of metal. Yeah. Uh, instead of me pulling it out and sticking it in the corner of my barn and forgetting about it, where it's at when I need to use it in the future, it actually slides up, 
you know, under the roof of, yeah. of the feeder, uh, every it's all, it's self-contained. And I think that's a, a nice feature. Again, something that, that's that where, I appreciate. That's where both of ours are. Um, and we've not, you know, they've not fallen out, you know, moving around in the fields. Um, you know, the, the little, you get like a little socket wrench type of deal. Um, so you can loosen up everything and, and move your panels as you want. It has a little slot that those stay in. It also has a, uh, I don't know. We just call it the stick. I don't know what it's, the technical term is, but it, you can use it to make sure that you're, uh, you're not plugged up. Right. It has this basically a, a flat piece of metal with a curve on the end of it. And you can put that curve on the bottom of that tray and just run it across. And have you uh, had any issue with, with feed yeah. getting yeah, every once in a while we'll look and it's like, huh, there's, there's not a lot of feed right there. And we'll take that and just run it over and that feed falls in. Uh, yeah. Is that the corn? Like, are you getting buildup or yeah, it's not really build up wind up. Uh, this corn's not necessarily all the cleanest corn. It's got a bit right. of here and there. And so that seems to be what it is. Just piece okay. Just came down and is just sitting in there funny. I think, too, you know, you could end up with a couple corn kernels that get wedged in there. Um, right. Easily get it loose with this, with that tool. But, the, again, the handy thing with that is that tool has a space to fit in and a little snap. And when, you know, you push it past that snap and it does not fall out. Right. So it, it stays in there. It's, it's amazing. Uh, every time I've gone to get the tool, it's there. Um, when you put the mineral feeder on, it is you can't use the socket pipe to make an adjustment. They give you a little flat wrench that you can easily slide in behind the mineral feeder, which you don't have. And uh, you didn't get the little flat wrench, or did you? With you your- know, we have the mineral feeder on the one end, and that was going to be, if I had to complain about anything, uh, the the fact that the mineral feeder covers up the, the bolts on the end for the... Uh, what would be the bottom adjustment? Yes, when you buy a, a flat wrench, and it's you know super easy to use. There just isn't anywhere good to put the flat wrench on that unit. Um, right. We found a little spot and we stuck it in there, and it it managed to stay on for like three moves, I think it was. And then I just happened to walk back through, and I looked down, and there was that wrench laying there, and I was like, "Nice." Well, we're not putting that back on. We'll just throw it. Yeah. In the- <laughs> so that's where ours rides now is in the gator toolbox but yeah yeah i wish there was a wish there was a spot there for that that it would stay in um and i didn't see in the directions i didn't see that listed at all but maybe somebody would get a hold of us and say hey you moron it goes over here that's what this is for (laughs) but i haven't seen that yet Right. right some secret cubby yeah yeah, that would really be my my only complaint. Like I said, I'm excited that uh, we used it here to flush some flush some ewes out on pasture. And you know, years previously, we're we're utilizing whole shelled corn in some PVC pipe type feeders, and there's just too many sheep to mm-hmm. and and PVC is too expensive to yeah. go out and build new feeders. Uh, and so this has really been a a, a nice addition to kind of our management strategy and, and to utilize it in those this kind of specific 
times, those management times that, you know, if I can get it adjusted correctly and uh, I went back and forth because, you know, we were running whole shelled corn through it to, to flush those ewes and have really struggled getting it to where it needs to be at, to limit it to the level that I'd like it to be. Uh, and I, I don't, with those bigger kernel type feeds, like you said, one turn sideways or you have some cob in there and it just doesn't feed the way that, that you'd like it to. Um, so we, we were feeding about uh, one and a quarter, uh, probably a little bit less than that a day. And, you know, a little bit more than what I would have liked to flush those use on, but they didn't mind. So hopefully they return the, return the favor here in the spring with with additional lambs so that's yeah. what we're hoping for at least so i think the other but, thing to be said with that with this type of a feeder is um if you're making a, a wet feed you know if you're putting uh liquid molasses in it i would think oh you, yeah you would have some problems because it's going to bridge up it's not going to flow as well but oat corn i would think just about any pelleted feed yeah whole grains um crack it, corn we were running some some ground corn, not ground, but cracked corn with some soybean meal when we first got it. And I, I knew that I wanted to see more an experiment on my side. I wanted to see how much it would gum up. Mm-hmm. And I, I was in there every day. I didn't feed a bunch through it, but I was in there every day cleaning out, you know, just junk, just gunk that, you know, that, that dust fraction of, of the cracked corn and the soybean meal is not, it's, it's a fine material that yep. can be dusty. Yep. It so just that liquid collides with that saliva and, and sticks down in there. That's exactly what it is. So, so overall, I think it's a good feeder. I'd highly recommend it. I've seen some of the other ones and I'm not too impressed with those ones, just the way they're built. So this is a well-built solid unit. I'm real impressed with it so far. Yeah, we'll see if you can get your dollars out of it. That's probably the only other the other complaint I have on it. Um, they can get a little little spendy, a little yep. pricey. So hopefully it it takes away some of the the work involved, reduces some labor, and uh, possibly even improves some efficiency of feed utilization out out on grass. I think it will. Well, we're coming up on our time here, Cam. It's been uh, it's been good discussing this feeder with you, and and uh, like I say, we're I think we're both pretty happy with them. So we thank you for listening to another episode of the Gracious Sheep Podcast. Uh, we've got a Facebook page. Be sure to go on there and like and follow. If you got any questions, you can ask them there. Any comments, you can leave them there. Uh, I've got an email address. You can reach out to me at bigtomperkins@gmail.com. And again, uh, any questions, any comments. And so we'd just like to thank everybody for listening. We're getting an awful lot of plays. And uh, everywhere I go, everybody's like, hey, you're that guy from the Gracie Sheep podcast. Right. Uh, <laughs> so it's been good talking to you, Cam. So we'll catch up with you later. Sounds good. You have a good one, Tom. Yep. Bye.